in the morning we left our house. We had been up all night and put in our things on the horse and on the in cars and then the, we had two horses yoked and we took two cows with us. We were leading them. They were for the milk on the road so that we wouldn't starve. And we put as much food as we had at home in our um, with our belongings. And, uh, well, everybody was shocked. My father's brother came and said, don't go, don't go, you'll be killed on the road. But uh, my parents felt, and we all felt, that it was better to be killed on the road than to be uh, sent to Siberia by Russians. And uh, so we went to Rogoka, which is about... Uh, to uh, about two miles from here. And there were, were lots of people uh, collected uh, also with their belongings and, and horses and carts. And, and so we just started on the road then. And uh, we walked. It was very organized. We had uh, people who went and saw uh, first, you know, to see what's going on. And, and they came back and they, they chose the route. And... Uh, it was raining, I remember, and we kind of felt awful, saying now, driven out of home with no hopes for future. And you say, I can't talk when I start talking about things like that. I just feel, feel like crying. So what do we do then? I don't know. I can't tell. And, you know, and then the rain seemed to emphasize, you know, what, what was to be expected. During the years in Ireland, I was only concentrated on my family, trying to bring them up, to raise them. And I wasn't thinking about Latvia at all, because for me, it was behind the Iron Curtain, which couldn't be penetrated. And it would be dangerous to go there, or even to write letters because I was afraid that I could uh, create unpleasantness to people who received them. When I thought about going to Latvia, was after Gorbachev did pronounce that uh, he was giving some more liberty to people. Well, then, then I wanted to go and see what was happening there. I read an article in Latvian newspaper where they invited uh, refugees, Latvians, to go back home and to claim their property. So I, I immediately did it. Look, <laughs> bye. We knew that it was a time to leave because the frontier was coming nearer. We could hear all, all during uh, several months, uh, noise of the frontier, but some people said, oh, they're breaking stones, and some were saying, oh, you know, something else, and only a few were saying that the artillery shooting. But then they were coming so near that there was no doubt, and there were airplanes uh, throwing down... Uh, well, first, uh, I don't know, what do you say, those things that uh, light up there, everything you can see? What do you call them, rackets? 
And then, then they knew where to throw the bombs afterwards. You know, the air raids were there like that all the time, day and night. And, and uh, well, we knew then that they were coming and that the Germans were retreating. And our, with our, our voluntary soldiers were with Germans, they were retreating as well. And so we just went on the road. Well, my parents didn't really think that they were leaving home forever. They thought they'll go just a little further, a little further, and then the, the, the Russians will be stopped, or communists rather, and uh, we'll go back home. But of course, we were, they were moving forwards, and we were retreating, and we finished off at the sea. And actually, uh, actually, we never discussed that we might go somewhere abroad or anything like that. It seemed that the light would be very uh, incorrect for a Latvian to want to leave their own country. You know, it seemed to be out of question. But then eventually, when we were at the sea, well, there were ships taking away German army, and they allowed refugees to go on the ship if they wanted to. There was no choice, actually. I don't feel settled in Latvia, but then I don't really know where is my home. Because uh, I lived in Latvia 21 years, I have been born there, I have lived in Ireland about 40 years, I know people around, I'm only getting to know some people in Latvia now. I have lived some years in Germany and in England, about six years in England. And my son, Dermot, he loves farming. And uh, he wanted to try out his look in Latvia. So uh, we went over to to the place where I had grown up. Our house was burned down. So for a while we lived with cousins. And then later we bought a house. Actually, I feel more at home in Ireland because 40 years is longer than 21. I mostly go to Latvia because uh, my son does not understand Latvian language. Well, he's learning it, but he doesn't know it very well. But 
I suppose he's staying there just because he wants to prove himself as a farmer. It's very hard for him. He's anxious for every word that comes from Ireland or for letters, and he's very lonely and very isolated there. I don't feel well. And for those among us who seldom or never admit to being sick, slim. I'm not sick. I'm tired. is what is the matter with you? The first year I was here, I was here for about six months. I learned virtually nothing. I learned how to say hello, goodbye, so on like that, but apart from that, virtually nothing. And uh, second year, third year, well, I am learning now. When I am doing my business, I bring my mother with me, and she translates. Um, But also I go myself without mother. I well I well I can speak but I don't know. Sometimes there's misunderstandings. Well this is a Latvian phrase book, it's Latvian English phrase book. And let's see it's lessons, lessons. Lesson number three. I'll start with the easiest one. All right. It's well. Just read it in Latvian, and then English. Tas irtevs. That is father. Tevs irves. Tevs father is old. And then, well, tas tas irtevs is masculine way of saying it. Then when you're talking about mother, you say you don't say tas. You say ta irmata. That is mother. Mata irvetsa. Mother is old. Uh, when you're talking about tevs, is old. Tevs irvets, not vets. Well, Germany was at a war. There were air raids everywhere because the English were bombing all towns, all cities. And uh, there were Russians. And, uh, well, we were, all the, all the refugees were uh, kept together. We were in several camps or disused army barracks. And then Germany was still losing war and the frontier was coming again. So we had to leave again. And this time we had two wheelbarrows and we began our journey from uh, Ross. Was it Rostock? Anyhow, towards uh, towards uh, Hamburg, and we again travelled all day, rested some four hours at the roadside, and again German army were retreating as well. They all uh, wanted to be captured by Americans and uh, English rather than by communists. And then uh, near the town of Schwerin in Germany. 
I noticed that something strange was happening. The soldiers were stopping their cars, getting out, changing clothes. So I went to them and I said, what's going on? And they just said, oh, that's war. And the next thing, well, my, my knees were swollen from walking. I refused to walk any further. So we stopped at the roadside. And next thing, the American army were coming uh, were coming in in the town and uh, on the second vehicle I remember there was a Negro well I hadn't seen a Negro in my life there were no Negroes in Latvia and he was um, standing up and holding a gun in his arms and after about half an hour the same the cavalcade were going back, and this time the Negro was sitting down with the gun between his legs. So I presume that that meant that city had capitulated. I don't really know. So it was that we were taken over by Americans. And then the Americans did put us in displaced persons camps like we were called displaced persons then. Red Cross did provide food, and the Germans themselves were entertaining us because they felt that they were guilty. So we didn't stay on one place. We, we, we walked forward until we got to Hamburg because we were afraid that the Russians might take over that part of Germany. And after that, we lived in displaced persons' camps. We had their dances every evening. And eventually, I went to school, to university, which was displaced persons' university in Hamburg. And later, I was accepted in the German university. And, uh, well, we all lived, family lived together. We're going to Riga to uh, Ulbrook to see if I can order some farm machinery. If I can, it'll be the first time that I've been successful since I came to Latvia. I've already been there twice before and I've been unable to order any foreign type farm machinery. Well, I reasonably believe that I will be able to order some today and maybe pay a deposit. And I'll have the machine in about six weeks' time. I suppose that's about it. So we'll head off. Well, this will... Uh, in that I'm going to know I'm happy with him he's professional and he's honest I have a thing here for sale the fertilizers here when I left it in some farmer's yard and he stole a few vital parts off it and I just can't use it and I can't get the parts to fix it We're on the road to Riga, we're just after passing um, 
Well, it's the first major town. It's called um, Raisna. So we just have passing Raisna, and we still have another 250 kilometres to go to get to Riga. It's one of the few good roads in that field. And also in this part of Latvia, there's virtually no traffic at all on the road. I have the road to myself. Thanks for the letter. <laughs> uh, your, your letter? Uh, yes, your letter, your letter. Ah. Yeah, uh, suppose, yeah. Please, my... Oh, I just... Uh, sorry, I... Very, very long time do not uh, speak English. Oh, no problem. Many problems. MT said us on this repeat. Please sit down. Where is your Ah sorry? <laughs> Just a moment I It's not problem. Uh, we are uh, we are ordered uh, this prior uh, type NL uh, eight hundred uh, liter uh, prior. Yeah. Uh, no problems. Uh, uh, you are saying uh, that prior uh, about uh, one, one two months. We, uh, you, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. so what language uh, instruction uh, that prior? Just a moment, I look one, 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 one. I have over 30 hectares, but farming, I'm, I'm farming 27 with crops. So over 30 altogether. Some of it has not been marked out yet, so and I haven't farmed it yet. Compared to the local farmers in this area of Latvia, I'm a very big farmer. It's the minimum amount that I could see that I could make a living on. But compared to locals, I'm very big. The locals have maybe average seven hectares. They farm very badly. Grass, well, I've not, I have not seen any meadows yet in Latvia. The grass is just left to its own devices. 
the corn when it grows it looks more like a field of rape all the yellow weeds and it, it's very hard to see corn sometimes a lot of the time the crop fails so if they plant corn they just plant the corn and they forget about it until harvest time and they take the salvage whatever they can at harvest time they cut the meadow when it's when the grass has gone to flower so it has absolutely no food value for the animals if they cut it any earlier they'll have no yield because there's very little grass growing as can be seen here there's very little growing so I think I'll stay here when mother goes back home because I think there's a lot of potential here so this is the time to get set up in that field because the land is cheap well the land is cheap so there's potential there's in the future but not the near future at the moment I think I can make a well I'm hoping to make a much better living than the average person in Latvia out of farm and I well it's hard to speculate how much what I do expect to make maybe something over 100 pounds a week maybe more I'm just well it's a conservative guess um, where the average person is only earning £7 a week, maybe a little more. Minimum wage is around £28 a month. So I expect to make a lot more from this land and I expect to buy more land. At the moment I'm not able to cope with more land, but, well I am now, but I wasn't before this because I was trying to get this land, uh, well I was trying to get this land so that I could farm properly. I had lots of problems, people didn't like fences going up, people didn't like um, they used to walk a certain part of the farm. I tried to make them walk, well, a, a few hundred yards to the left of it so that I could farm, make the farm more of the field. People resented walking a little bit to the left. And I had lots of problems like that. And lots of problems with people just driving over the land. I can plant a crop and people just drive over. Come back to the soil again, but this is what they're used to. But now they leave things alone. I can order this sprayer, that sprayer, an 800 liter order. Yes. yes. Just moment and uh, letter, or letter. Just moment. You order this sprayer. Uh, uh, just moment. <laughs> you, uh, you, would you like uh, order? Uh, yeah, yes, sprayer. yes. Well, what are the conditions? Sorry, my English yeah, pronunciation uh, okay. is, is, oh, no. is not good. Um, Yeah. Ah. Uh, Man, now, now. Yeah. No, now, doubts now. The now they're victory. I see. Um, about uh, one. Uh, ah. Deposits. Yeah. Deposits. Uh, yes. You. You. Uh, you can uh, pay. 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 Uh, payment. Yes. yes. You can payment. Uh, About uh, 25% percent, uh, just moment and uh, uh, yeah, but finish payment in in uh, yes, probably, when, yeah. you, uh, when you when you when you buy uh, this uh, sprayer. Yeah. Well, 25, About 25%. percent. thousand. That's. Two thousand five hundred. Well, no, now they're now they're 
Men det är no money with me. Ah, no. no. I see. I understand. So, yes. Not that I'm shit to desperate. Last week, so. Ah. So, <laughs> yes, I'll come back. I'll act up. Uh, okay. Uh, I must go one office. It's okay. my office. Right. Yes, I, 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 I bring you uh, English... Uh, Instructions. Yes, okay. prior instructions. Mm. Yes, would you like? Uh, it's my office. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, after hearing the price, I think I'll buy the Russian one. It's a lot dearer than I expected. It's more, more expensive than I expected. So, I'm not giving the money now. I want to take some time to think about it. I'm not giving the positive now. I want to have the time to think about it, see if I can afford to buy it or not. I expect it for £1,000 less. It's the price I was quoted when I rang up a few weeks ago. So, I just have to do my sums and see if I can afford it. This is the old tones of scale. Over Germany had been divided between Americans, English, and Russians, and eventually I was in the English zone of Germany, and uh, there we got an invitation that they wanted the young uh, women to work in hospitals in England because they were very short of uh, hospital staff. And I always had that uh, liking for traveling, for going somewhere. I was delighted at the idea. So I volunteered. And also my friend who who was with me, who had uh, gone to the same university, she volunteered as well. 
And then we met with the first friction between uh, Northern Ireland and the uh, air, uh, if you like, the other part of Ireland. Because it seems on staff uh, was uh, the matron was uh, from uh, south of Ireland and the doctor was from north of Ireland and, uh, well, the matron was very much... Uh, she was looking after us very well and she was bringing us to... giving us time off for going to church on Sundays. And the nurses didn't like it and they said that she's doing it only because she's Catholic from Ireland. When I worked in that hospital, we were working like casual workers. Uh, well, we were uh, work as nurses, but we weren't trained. So we decided that we wanted to be trained, and we applied for a training course in uh, Nottingham. We were accepted there in sanatorium, and uh, I was working there as a nurse then, and that's where I met my husband. He was my patient. And then... He he was discharged, he went home to Ireland, and he asked me to come to Ireland. And so I did. And then we we were married in Star of the Sea Church in Sandy Mount, in Gaelic, in Irish language. <laughs> and the priest didn't know well Irish. Well, my lines, my husband had written down for me what, what to read, I knew what they meant. And he, he knew fairly good Irish, so after ceremony he said to the priest, well, maybe we're not married at all. <laughs> and the priest says, chance it. My mother, well, I think she's very determined. Like, when she first came to Ireland and came to Offaly, um, things were, well, she came from a completely different culture. She settled in Kennedy and... Um, all the, a lot of the people were coming over to have a look at her, see what a Latvian woman looked like. She had a lot of difficulties with eventually 11 children. She ran the shop virtually single-handed in a strange environment. And also with the burden of 11 children, and she made a success of it all. Lately, she has helped me out a lot. And, well, in the last few years, she has helped me out a lot. She has been coming over for our, from Ireland for a few months at a time to help me out. To begin with, I needed her to translate. Well, now I am beginning to learn language, so I don't need her quite as much to translate. But she's, well, she's able to help me. She has contacts. She has made friends in Latvia. She's made contacts, and she's able to go and talk to them if I have any difficulties and straighten things out for me. Well, these are home videos that I've made of, well, home movies that I've made of um, my efforts to farm in Latvia. And, um, well, you were just after looking at part where I was lying in the land. Um, I had two lorries coming out every day for four days. The line costs approximately two pounds a ton, but bringing the lorries out costs a thousand pounds altogether. And now you're looking at a machine that picks hay up from the ground and brings it home. It picks it up into a trailer. Without bailing, without just... Without bailing or anything, just picks it up loose, like... Something like, uh, Picking silage up. 
driver. I had loose hay that year. I had round, big round bales and I had square bales as well. And the hay is, is very uh, stemmy. Very little food value. If it was good early, there'd be no bulk. This is the fella starting a tractor. It's like the old Irish tractors. It starts on a petrol engine first and then switch over to a diesel engine. And here's where I was bought some dung from a farm to spread on the land to try and improve the organic matter. And here we have all the fields that Oh, you might have sent me. So that year I managed to, uh, to plough up approximately half the land. So it'll be approximately 14 hectares. And here we have the cattle I had. I had 50 cattle that year. 50 yearlings. And when I eventually sold them, I was ripped off. I got the factory ripped me off, the meat, the meat plant ripped me off. I got a fraction of what they were worth, and I could do nothing about it. There's no laws in place, no, nothing in place for me to, to do anything about it. I could do nothing about it, just had to take what I got. Also, didn't pay me for about three months, so I was glad to get anything. I was afraid in case the factory would collapse before I got the money, and it has eventually collapsed due to mismanagement. And this is my house that I left behind in Guinea. It's um, an old house, well half old, half new. I renovated half it and I built on the same amount beside it. And this is the land I left behind. tractor and book rake and a few bits of machinery, trailers and things. I could do with them in Latvia. I still own the house in Kinti. I have a sister living in it. Sister and her family. Well, it's an insurance just in case I have to come back to Ireland. These things are still kind of volatile here in Latvia. With, well, with our big neighbour beside us. Russia. So we're kind of afraid in case Rush wants to expand westwards again. If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other documentary on one productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.